What happens when we ignore life's warning signs that we need to slow down? What happens when we just keep pushing through? And what happens when we believe we just have to keep going? This mum's highly successful business was her way of proving she could do it, to prove to herself and others that she was good enough and worthy of success. And she was smashing it until it all came crashing down. Hear this mum's incredible story of how life decided it was time to step in and hit the pause button. An enforced pause of four years saw this mum lose everything she'd worked so hard to build over the years. But in return, she was gifted the key to what it takes to enjoy and sustain even greater success on your terms. Join me as I talk to Alison Marlowe. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. So I'm delighted to welcome today's guest to the show, Alison Marlowe. Hi, Alison. Hi, Nicola. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, yeah, so great to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you're a busy lady and um, I'm going to just kick right off by handing over to you. What is your bounce back story that you'd like to share with the audience today? Okay. Thank you, Nicola. Um, and thank you for this opportunity. So I think obviously we all have a bounce back story, don't we? But I think my, I think a lot of us actually have a series of bounce back stories. So true. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for me, each time I have this little bounce back, I realize that what I'm doing is I'm joining up the dots backwards. Mm. Um, Steve Jobs has a quote about, you know, you can't see things moving forwards, but if you turn back over your shoulder, you know, the dots will join up. And so this is exactly what I have come to realize in my own personal story. Each time I have one of these, you know, when, when life throws a curveball, it's just part of the journey. Yeah. And, and there's, there's always gifts in there. So what I would really love to share with you today is how I went really from being a successful award-winning business coach to where I am today and a little bit about what happened to me along my journey. So really from the outside, looking in, life was amazing. And don't get me wrong, it, it actually was. <laughs> I had set up a women's networking company. I was running business awards each year. So a lot of similarity there. Yeah, rings a bell. Um, absolutely. But I think one of the differences here was a very strong, independent woman, my husband was away at sea and I, I actually felt I had something to prove. I, you know, I had to prove to myself that I was worthy enough that I could do this. And yeah, I was on a mission. <laughs> there was nothing that was going to stop me, but I wasn't really listening in to the, to the, the cues my body was sort of sending me. So, you know, we, we had the lovely four bedroom house by the sea, really lovely cars, holidays, 
So it looked amazing. The life on the outside was amazing. You know, there's lots of fabulous, wonderful women setting up businesses, developing and growing businesses. But as I said, what I wasn't doing is I wasn't listening to myself. I just kept going, kept pushing. And Such an easy thing to do, isn't it? To isn't keep it? going. Yeah. So I think really actually what I need to say at that point is what I had done is I had come out of a, a corporate role in education where I, I was um, running a quite a busy department. I set the, set the department up from scratch. I'm very much an innovator. <laughs> I'm, I'm a leader. I start things off and then I kind of pass the baton. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I had this mantra, business on your own terms, life on your own terms. What I had failed to see was that what I was doing was that I was still bringing the same values, the same beliefs, the same patterns of behavior into my business. So on one level, I'm using this mantra to actually say, this is now my opportunity to live my life on my own terms. I've got the freedom that I was create craving to have that flexibility to spend more time with my children because they were younger then. And what I was actually doing was I was still burning the midnight oil. I was working every hour. So as soon as the children were in bed, back on the laptop, <laughs> fitting in clients and so on and so forth. So I think really for me, this was one of the huge lessons that I had to learn to let go, to be able to listen more to my body. But I, I didn't get this lesson the first time around with the burnout. So I had a little mini burnout around 2012 when I was running my business awards. The week before, I, I just got exhausted to the point where I went to bed one evening, physically just felt unable to get up the next morning. I didn't feel ill, but my body overnight just turned to oh, a lead weight, just couldn't function. And my head became very, very foggy. Me being me, had to push through. I had these, <laughs> these awards and all these 100, 150 women coming <laughs> um, and their partners. And, you know, obviously we had PR so much goes into running an event as you know oh yes my goodness empower awards year three and it 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 does get easier but particularly those first years when we're starting up and it's huge the amount of work but whether we're running events or, or whatever we're doing in our business there's there's always more we can do there's always so much more we can give and and I think it's a really easy trap for passionate business owners to fall into that we want to be the best we can be and we want to serve and we and before we know it easy to reach you know that that burnout zone it's it's just so easy for passionate business owners who who really and particularly when we love what we're doing as well it's it's an easy space to end up in absolutely absolutely and i think you know i was very much an overworker an overachiever and the reason that I was running those patterns was because I, I, I was trying to prove my worth because I so desperately wanted to serve other people. But what I was doing, I wasn't really taking great care of myself in the meantime. You know, my, any surplus energy went to my children. So this was a mini, a mini burnout. And then in 2014, once again, totally out of nowhere. By this time, I have 13 networking companies around the UK on license. Um, we were building our global vision. So quite a few of those were then being assisted with groups overseas and we were doing quite a lot of philanthropic work. So again, on the outside, it looks amazing. I had the team at this point. And then again, March, 2014, bam, 
But this burnout really took me out of the game. I actually lost my business as a result. I, um, <laughs> I thought I'd just take, just take a couple of weeks off, I'll be fine. And a couple of weeks led to six months. And all in all, it ended up being four years before I was able to fully bounce back. So I just want to give a little bit of a backstory because some of the other things that have been going on in my life, I'd lost both my parents um, within two years of each other. My son had some mental health problems. And then my husband also made the decision that he was going to go back to sea. So even more of my support. Can you see my, my support network suddenly yeah, just... <laughs> really? And even though I had a team, what I was lacking more as I look back and I can see this now, what I was really lacking at home was the support, um, the, the closer support, you know, what I call my inner circle. Mm, that emotional support that comes with that is so important, isn't it? Logistical, practical support is, is one thing on one level, but that emotional support and, and from, you know, what I hear, you know, you're going through a lot of um, really challenging times. I'm so sorry for your loss and, and what you were experiencing at that, that time. So that I can't begin to imagine the, the compounded pressure of all of those things. And I think, you know, um, thank you so much for saying that because I do think we do need to stop and honor our life experiences mm. rather than just trying to push through, just trying to rush, just trying to keep ourselves busy and what I've come to really understand now is that, you know, um, <laughs> my, my, my new business is called The Art of Pause. So it is very much... The Art of? Pause. Pause. Yeah, I love that. Yes. So, you know, I've come to understand and to study and to really unpack why is it that we are keeping ourselves busy all the mm -hmm. time. So obviously this is what I facilitate now. So having that ability um, and giving ourselves permission to, to pause and to look at these big life-changing moments, because I, they are moments, you know, one day everything is fine and just literally in the click of the fingers, you know, your life can change. Um, you know, for example, with a loss or, you know, <laughs> whatever happens. And sometimes things have a, a gradual buildup and you don't even really feel it. But I think just honoring what we've been through is so, so important. Definitely. And I, you know, you've used the expression to push through a couple of times. And I, I don't want to make this about gender obviously being a mother and there are, you know, our primary audience of this podcast are, are mums in business. We are good at that as women, aren't we? This just pushing through this resiliency, like even when you feel you're running on an empty fuel tank and I I've been there. My burnout was, well, when was it? Um, so my son was two and he's at 15 years ago and it was when I shifted from the corporate world, very similar, shifted from the corporate world. I'm strong. I'm determined. I'm committed. We got our first in inverted commas family business. So we could all be together as a family, but it, within two years, I was emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually on all levels. I was totally burnt out. I was a shell and even though the business was incredibly successful financially and it looked great and idyllic from the outside. That's why when you've been telling your story, I'm sitting here nodding, like so much of it resonates. And 
And I think, you know, when we're loyal, uh, smart, strong women, that's what I was saying, it's so easy to, to keep pushing to that place. And it's lovely what you said about connecting the dots backwards, because I, th- that two year period of my life, I, I regretted it for a very long time. I felt very guilty about what that had robbed uh, my children of, especially my son, who was only four months old. So between the ages of four and two, those formative years where I was way less available. And when I was with him, I wasn't the best version of myself. And I'd be, But now looking back, I see actually that became the catalyst for the way in which I support mums in business now to say, you know, yes, business success, yes, passion, yes, do what that success on your terms, but holistically, it's got to be the success in all parts. Definitely. And I would say, you know, having this forced pause really gave me an opportunity to evaluate things. Winning Women was always based on, you know, um, what I was valuing more than anything was um, the ability to be able to run this business, run a business on your own terms that, you know, also um, not only empowered us, but we were able to role model to our children mm. how we function in the world. So, you know, the best thing that I could do was to completely stop. And I lost my business. I lost it all. I was willing to give it away, for, <laughs> basically give it away for, for my health, for my well-being. But not only that, for for my children, because I wanted to model to them how important it was to look after yourself. So important, so powerful. Mm. And it was difficult because I felt that I'd let people down, that I wasn't good enough. In complete contrast of how things had looked on the outside, you know, so um, and I was shooting everywhere. I should be able to do this. You know, I, I should be able to get my health back together quickly. You know, it, it was just a, a constant should shower <laughs> all the time. And, you know, it, again, there's part of the lesson, isn't it? It's just when we stop, we really have the opportunity to look at ourselves. And in fact, it was one of my ambassadors, one of the lovely ladies that, that ran my group in Surrey. She talks about gifts coming in ugly packing. Oh, I love that. Ugly wrapping. Sorry, I said that wrong. Gifts in ugly wrapping. Mm -hmm. And she must have probably said that to me around this time. And I've really hung on to that little saying because I could see the gifts. And how relevant is that right now? We're recording this interview in 2020. And there's a lot of ugly wrapping out there right now with there's so much going on in the world. And I think many of us are hoping we will unpack the gifts as we come through 2020 together after COVID pandemic. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of struggle and a lot of challenges in the world. So I love that. I love that um, idea of ugly wrapping containing gifts. And it's fun because you can visualize (laughs) this gift and you're going to unpack it. Mm. Um, you know we all work differently don't we but you know anybody who likes to visualize you know this is something fun that you can literally literally play with in your imagination you could draw it I don't know but um, what, what I've really learned from you know my experiences is that we can take life too seriously we really really can take life too seriously so 
I still work in a very, yeah, serious is the word that just keeps wanting to spring out here. So I work a lot now with trauma, emotional trauma, childhood trauma, and, and how it's creating our behaviors today. And so that work is very, very serious, but I'd like to try and bring some lightness in as well. So, um, you know, being able to visualize things, being able to draw, being able to play a little bit as a, as a way really of just, just bringing some light back into the, you know, maybe some of the more traumatic experiences that we may have had. So that, that's why I wanted to share, share that. Yeah. Incredible. And I, I love that you've touched on the importance of our decisions and what we do because they impact us first and foremost, but that ripple effect that it has for our children who are watching us, uh, not just being on the receiving end of our, our decisions, but influenced in terms of the behaviors that we, that we role model. That's our gift, isn't it? To them, the legacy that, that we're creating. I think, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as a mom, I find it's so easy to be so wrapped up, entrenched or absorbed in the daily stuff that we need to do as mothers to make a home and take care of people and run a business and that everything can seem quite small. It's just little steps, pieces, tasks, things. But like you say, it's only sometimes when we give ourselves what can seem the luxury of pausing and looking back and see how that it all builds up to paint a picture of what we're role modeling and the, you know, the lifestyle that we are creating and that our children are quite likely to emulate in our, you know, emulate our behaviors. It's, it's, we're creating this kind of family culture they're growing up in. And that's, that's not always easy to see when we're stuck in the day-to-day busyness. Yeah, absolutely. And as you're saying this to me now, I'm, I'm thinking of so many things that have sort of happened to me when I have been in that position. And when you talk about choice, you know, quite often this, this is actually people who are struggling to make choices. Sometimes it can be rooted in trauma. And, you know, this is, I didn't know any of this back in 2014. You know, I'd been on a massive personal development journey but all the modalities that I had worked with were very much um, cognitive. So, but, but just come back to my story a little bit, you know, when I started to recover from my, my, my mass burnout, what I realized was actually how unhappy I was in my life. So from the outside in, I painted that beautiful picture of pass by the sea, the cars, the lovely holidays, you know, the family unit, the four children, but I was actually very unhappy in my marriage. And I hadn't realized this until that, until that point. So again, things were coming up and I, you know, healing can be quite painful. (laughs) It's not an easy path to take, which again, it's quite often why we keep ourselves so busy because we don't want to look at the things that we feel that are uncomfortable sensations within the body. So, you know, ultimately my, my marriage broke down. I thought I was going to lose my son at one point. Um, and when I say lose my son, I, I mean him losing his life because his uh, mental health problems were, were so bad. Um, but, you know, we bounced back from that. I now live with my two youngest daughters. My two oldest children are now adults. And, you know, I've had to go really, really deep. And I couldn't do that with the busyness of life. But what I learned was making choices isn't always easy. 
I stayed in my marriage for a long time. Once I made the decision, I was unhappy because I was very worried about my children. They were the most important thing. But again, and, and everybody's different. But the decision I made was that if I stay in my marriage, I'm teaching my children to tolerate and to put up with things. And I wanted them to feel empowered that it's important to make the decision that's right for you. And it took me a long time to come to that decision. But when I did, it was almost, oh gosh, it felt like a relief. What I've also learned also is that being stuck is quite often a, a freeze response. So I think most people are very aware of fight and flight. There's also freeze and there's also fawn. And, and the fawn, I've only just heard that more recently, the fawn mm. of label it the the people pleasing or the conforming and um yes and yes it's going along with what's going to help keep the peace or avoid the triggers walking on eggshells all that stuff absolutely and as women quite typically we fall into that role quite often without actually realizing it Mm. and i think sometimes it takes um a significant experience in our life and this is why they're gift for us to actually see <laughs> what is really going on. Yeah. And so, I, I love that you've touched as well on how much, how much of what goes on in our lives as adults, the challenges that can come up and the, the struggles that we're facing and, and the, our responses to things can be linked back to childhood trauma and I'm not even necessarily talking because it's a lot of the work that comes up with the clients that I do. You know, I was very blessed to have an amazing, loving family home. I still do very close to my family. But I think, you know, as, as children, we can be very sensitive, you know, sensitive children. And, and so trauma can be something as simple as being rejected by a best friend or a group of children in the playground, you know, ostracized in the playground, something like that, that could be really traumatic as a, as a, as a child. And we don't always, we can't always put our finger on it as adults, those things that have marked us and, and are still with us subconsciously as we grow older. And I love that you touched on different uh, modalities because there's a lot of talk therapies and, and, and talking stuff. But again, it was only about five years ago, I learned that trauma is stored in the body energetically and that we can't process it and heal it necessarily through, through talking about it. It's different, isn't it? T- tell us a bit more about what you've learned about trauma and working with trauma. Yeah, well, um, I kind of fell into it accidentally because I'm the kind of person that just follows my impulses. Um, I've had some very odd things happen to me in, in my life. And, you know, I do believe there is a, a bigger <laughs> source at play that is guiding us through our lives. So just let me give you one example. Way back at the beginning of my, my, my business journey, I, I, I guess it was in the days when newsletter signups were just, just beginning to, to start. So then like around 2003, 2004, people were starting to take businesses online and I was one of those early adopters and I, I somehow managed to find myself on a, a, a guy's list I thought I was listening to some big guy out in America who was a well-known coach at that time 
And actually, this was a very young guy here in the UK. I don't know how I got on his list, but anyway, he ended up mentoring me and that's how I grew my business. But little funny little things like this happen to me all the time. And the same with falling into the sort of the world of trauma. So what I've come to, to learn really is that cognitive modalities are wonderful, but they can only take us so far. Mm-hmm. You gave a wonderful explanation there of, you know, how trauma is stored in the body. And trauma isn't so much about what happens to us. It's about how it is stored in the body and how the body responses to, responds to this. So it's a nervous system response. And, you know, this is what I'm now done is managed to incorporate a transformational program to work with people that really works with where we who we are in this present moment so we never have to dig up the past because it's in the cellular memory it's Mm, there all the time (laughs) and you know this is you know anytime that you are feeling triggered or activated and, and maybe i just need to explain that a little bit we can have different Different people can have different reactions. So usually it's a, um, a sensory feeling response within the body. You may feel a contraction or you may suddenly feel yourself going very hot. It could be different things for different people. Um, I, I want to ask you about that just for, to, to help clarify for me and hopefully our audience too that you know, we're talking about bouncing back and sometimes bouncing back if, if we've got that underlying kind of trauma that we haven't processed or we haven't healed from it can make bouncing back impossible you know and but I want to ask you because because the impact of trauma is often so subconscious and and we're not aware of it if we if we've got it going on for us how can somebody tell how can somebody tell actually this is more than just situational there's something underlying here that I need to heal from we don't always connect it to our past and that, that there's underlying trauma. How, how can somebody tell? What are the symptoms? Okay, so, so two things that I, I, I'd like to share here. One, like you, I had a beautiful childhood. And when I started my trauma training, one of the very first exercises that we were asked to do was to write down our traumas. So I wrote down that I had had, and this is traumatic, I had had nine baby losses. I'd lost nine babies at different stages. Mm. And then I'd lost my parents. And I'd also, my, my very first boyfriend, not when we were together, but many years later, he was murdered. So these were my traumatic experiences that I wrote down on my piece of paper. At the end of the day, I had two sides of A4 because I had wow. misunderstood what trauma is. And I can yeah. guarantee anybody would also have the same. So... I I can only share for myself because we are all different. We are all wired differently. But what we also know nowadays is that we're not hardwired. There is neuroplasticity. We can change this. So there's, you know, giving hope to everybody. (laughs) But what I found was when I was coming back from my, my, my massive burnout, the one that took me out for over four years, I went straight back to work with the coach that I'd been working with previously. I had amazing intentions of what I was going to do to pick up my old business, to to turn things around. But I was very stuck in procrastination. It was almost like my head was winning. Cognitively, I'm saying all the right things. I'm giving out all the right signals. But it was like my body was completely frozen. So procrastination, resistance, potentially, not necessarily, we are all different. And I need to make that really, really clear. But potentially, 
they could be signs or symptoms of something from your past that was a traumatic experience could be holding you back because we don't want to necessarily feel <laughs> those emotions again. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have to be in relation to the business. A bit like um, I've, I've chatted to some people in the past and they've described it a bit like having a bungee attached to your back you know mentally you want to step forwards and you might even have the clearest of plans you know the strategy you know how you know there's no capability gap or know-how gap but it just feels like take a few steps and there's like this invisible bungee that holds you back or suddenly snaps you back I've heard have you ever heard it described that way but I love that I absolutely love that and, you know, I, I recommend this work so much. It has taught me completely to work. Oh my gosh, I, I'm a completely different person inside because now I work very much from impulse. If things, for example, feel too much and I don't use the busy word at all anymore. Life can be full, but I've eradicated the busy word. <laughs> so I work very much from, from my impulse. And let me give you a really great example of this, how the outside world, the expectations of society tells us in business, we need to have our website set up. We have to have, you know, all these have to haves. (laughs) We have to have our social media platform, blah, blah, blah. Well, my website is not fully built. There's a page currently. And I... I am actually currently working on this right now because we've had this lovely <laughs> space Gift, during COVID-19. It's never been my priority and it's not held me back. What I have found is my energy has felt more drawn to um, spending time in my Facebook group, building relationships with people. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of misconceptions that we should do things in a certain way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there are so many, it's like creating a business from scratch, unless you buy a McDonald's franchise, it's a blank canvas, isn't it? And, and there are so many ways that we can craft our masterpiece, so many different tools, so many different options, so many different kind of, you know, images to paint and ways to paint it and, and different tools and techniques that if we try to do it somebody else's way, we'll end up with a copy. And if we try to do it because we think we should be doing it a certain way, we might not be playing to our, our strengths. And I love what you're saying about going with your, what was the word? It wasn't intuition you used. Impulses. Impulses. Yes. And as you said, impulses, that translated into my mind as intuition. What feels good? What I feel drawn to? What, yeah, where I feel that would be a good place to put my energy. I could do that. And that's a gift us women have, isn't it? Our intuition. And I just think following the the bodily impulse is just slightly different. I think there's a lot of us that have these wonderful, you know, I I call them downloads. (laughs) But occasionally just this little idea will pop in. One of my clients said to me yesterday, I was laying in the hammock and I suddenly had this idea. Yes. (laughs) But as women, quite often, you know, we're, doing all these little steps that we talked about earlier. And then, you know, those ideas that are the things that we need to follow through on 
get parked and get put to the side. But again, I just want to bring this back to our children. We need to model this for them. And, and I just think this is so important because what I see a lot of, Nicola, is overcommitted children. Children that are maybe not during COVID. Maybe this could be a pivotal point. But I'm seeing so many children that are filling every single gap and space that they have of their time with um, extracurricular activities. And, you know, I don't think we want to perpetuate that situation. So again, I think by slowing things down, we're modeling to our children, allowing them to come back to themselves, reconnect to their bodies um, and their minds, of course, and, and, you know, just be able to be a little bit more creative in their own thinking. And dare I say it, maybe this gap where they've not been at school for a while has allowed some of that maybe not for all children but i know for my children i get the two that i have i have one home from university right now she's taught herself how to play the guitar during this time and, and my other one has picked up oh my goodness me i can't remember what it's called but it's like a little japanese crocheting trend that's around these little tiny um animals they're crochet crocheting these are things they would never have had the time of day to experience before because their lives were so busy. So I think, you know, again, it really is about who we are being and modeling that to the children. I love that. And um, it's just got me thinking, you know, we're in lockdown and I think, or just slowly starting to emerge as, as we record this interview. And I, I know there've been some, uh, some mums have literally laughed out loud. I was one of them where you, you hear these adverts. It's like, so now you've got all this extra time during lockdown. And yet as mothers, lots of us are busier than ever. You know, especially mums in business, we haven't perhaps been furloughed from paid employment. So we're working harder than ever in our businesses, perhaps. And we've got, depending on the ages of our children, uh, home learning commitments at home, perhaps more people at home full time that want feeding. And even if they're old enough to cook for themselves, it's more shopping to keep the, keep stuff in the, in the cupboards. I know that's one of my personal challenges is just trying to keep food in the cupboards. And I'm just wondering, what would your advice be to anybody in the audience who's listening, who, who hear, who likes the idea of taking time to pause and just feel Mm. into where they're at and have, have that pause to tune into where they're at and tune into their body and just thinks I am just so busy particularly now with lockdown there's so much going on where pause feels like a luxury what would your advice be to them how can they how can they get a bit of that or or start that process Mm, I think very much that what a pause looks like for different people is different things but what i would say and i and i never give any advice but what i would love to suggest is that you give yourself permission that it's okay to do this the world's not going to fall apart and i think also you may like to look at what does that what would that look like for me what would it look like for me if i was to able to take a pause I think this is very much about putting ourselves first. And I know this is a really old analogy. I, I actually learned this at the very beginning of growing my own business. And, and that's very much about we cannot um, serve from an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. It's taken me years to learn that lesson. It really has. 
and I used to beat myself up every time I realized that my vessel was empty again. Now I have learned that sometimes we can't learn things very quickly because we have a lot of demands on us as women, particularly as mothers. And I think, you know, what I would love to just share here is about remembering how important your role is. As a mum, as a business owner, you cannot serve your clients well from an empty cup, or your children, for that matter, if you are running on empty. So this is really about taking some time for yourself, putting your, actually not taking time for yourself, it's about putting yourself first and really identifying the things that fill you up. Now in my trauma work, we call this resourcing. So it's about things that will calm that nervous system down very much. And these can be very different for different people. And, and, and I teach a lot of activities. I, I teach movement for trauma. So it could be simply, let me just like, it could just literally simply just be giving yourself a little, I call this a butterfly pat, pat where we cross our arms onto alternate arms, cross our arms, cross our chest. And then just patting our arms just reminds ourselves that we are in this body. We just like slow it right down and just really feel into it. That's Love that. a really quick tip that you can do at any time in your office. <laughs> and we'll share more, you know, we'll share links to your website in the show notes mm -hmm. and um, people can come find out more about the work that you do. And uh, if I'm sure lots of this has resonated with, different people in the audience so we'll we'll include contact details as well for anybody who wants to reach out to you Alison I could sit here and talk with you for hours it feels like we've still got so much more to to explore unfortunately we're coming towards the end and we always like to finish off on a, a bounce back invitation for our audience you've already shared so much wisdom and made suggestions but one more if I may either the question you'd like to leave our audience to reflect on or perhaps a challenge as part of their bounce back journey yeah absolutely so I've been thinking about this because the thing that I would really love to share more than anything to your audience today is that you are good enough you are absolutely good enough. So thinking about where you may be overachieving, overcommitting or leaking energy, I have four little questions for you just to consider. Great. They're very simple. These are questions that I have used with my own clients and on myself numerous occasions. So question number one, what do I need to pay more attention to? Question number two, what do I need to pay less attention to? Question number three, what do I need to accept about myself? And finally, what do I need to be honest about from now on? Gosh, power of the question. I love questions. And those are four simple but very, very powerful questions. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have a think about that too. So for you in the audience, there you have it. Those are your four questions. Brilliant ones they are too. Would love to hear what comes up from for you taking up Alison's bounce back invitation. You can share on our hashtag bounce back stronger. We'd love to hear your thoughts on those questions and, and how they've helped you. Alison, thank you so much for giving up your time and sharing your, both your story so openly and vulnerably with us today and your words of wisdom. It's been absolutely wonderful to have this time with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an utmost pleasure. So it just remains for me to say goodbye for now to our audience and catch you on the next episode. 
Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.